Okay, so we're going to slow down a little bit in our Galatians series, and we're going to reflect on each of the fruits of the Spirit for the next uh, few weeks. And uh, as you know, if you've read this before, or we learned last week even, that the fruit of the Spirit begins with love. Um, did you know that the, the Bible in Greek, in the original language, it has no um, punctuation? It has no punctuation. So this could be love, colon, and then the rest, you know, joy, peace, kindness, patience, everything else. It's good for us to think about it that way because love is really this summary word that encapsulates so much. And it's such a loaded word in our culture, right? Um, Paul says in another place in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, These three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So think, as we're working our way through these these texts, you know, in the coming weeks, think about that, love, colon, all all the rest. And, you know, contrast that to the things that we we looked at last week, that that sort of uh, vice list, you know, none, none of those things are, are loving. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all, love is the opposite of division and envy and jealousy and sexual immorality and idolatry and all these things. Love is the opposite. Love is the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we need these things in our world today, right? We need them in our own life. We need them in a world that's divided and full of envy and jealousy and all these other things. So we, we're going to take some time in the next few weeks to think about the, you know, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, but also the source and God who gives us these things. And the way that Jesus invites us to live with him and journey with him. And then these things are a natural, organic fruit. <laughs> Fruit. We can't rush past it. It's, it's just natural. It's the natural harvest of a life living with Jesus, walking in step with the Spirit. So we're going to read this passage, these couple of verses, every week for the next few weeks. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or kindness, or patience, sorry. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I think about love, when I think about love the way the Bible defines it, this, you know, agape love, self serving, unconditional love. I think about some friends of mine who adopted a little girl from China. And they, you know, they had four older children, but they were all boys. And, you know, mom always wanted a girl. So they adopted a baby girl from, from China. And their, their hearts were deeply moved by God. They're, they're strong Christians, and they were moved by the Holy Spirit to adopt a baby from China because of the situation over there 
You know, because there's a one-child policy, so a lot, if, and the families, they want a boy. You know, they want to carry on the name and everything. So a lot of times, girls are discarded or set aside. And their heart went out to them. And they adopted a girl from China. They wanted to save a life. And they didn't know at the time that they adopted her, but she had severe disabilities, severe cerebral palsy. And uh, just as a reminder, cerebral palsy happens when the brain is developing in the womb, that there's some brain damage, and it affects movement and muscles, and it affects everything. So this little girl that they adopted grew up and grew and is a delightful, wonderful girl, but she's not like a normal kid. She can never be left alone. She can never be left alone. And she never went through the normal things that kids go through, like potty training and learning to read and riding a bike. And all of her communication is is nonverbal. And she will probably live for 30 or 40 or 50 years and then go be with Jesus, right? But my friends, my friends tell me that she is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to them. She's literally the light of their life. And she has brought their family together in these wonderful ways. Her older brothers adore her. And she is such an amazing addition to their family because she's brought so much life and joy and peace and love to all those around her. That's love. A girl in a wheelchair that can barely communicate. That's love. To adopt and bring that into a family. To serve someone that can only give you back a little bit, that can only give you back love. And that's, that's real love that, that the Apostle Paul is talking about, that the Word of God is talking about. Love that is serving. Love that gives. Love that, that shares love with people that have little to give back. It's, it's loving the marginalized. It's loving the broken. It's loving the widow and the orphan and the outcast and the stranger. And Jesus even told us to love our enemies and to pray for people that persecute us. It's not always easy. It's not sexy. It's difficult. It's vulnerable. It's giving of yourself And love, that kind of love, biblical, unconditional love, is sometimes heartbreaking. It breaks our heart, but it also makes us new because it's dependent on the Holy Spirit. And it conforms us into His image. Paul says here that the fruit, it's singular, it's not plural, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And he's telling us that if we abide with the Holy Spirit, that if we walk in step with him, that he will overtake our lives and he will change us. And if you, if you cooperate with the Holy Spirit and listen to what he's doing in your life, you'll change. 
And fruit will come. Fruit like love will come. Just like a grapevine, you know, that's connected to the vine. I mean, grape is going to come. Apple trees produce apples. Fruit comes naturally. It's, it's organic. <laughs> I mean, it just happens. It can't not happen. But if you, if you connect yourself to another vine, if you connect yourself to those things that we were looking at last week, you know, the, the envy, the jealousy, the idolatry, the division, if you connect yourself to that vine, that also produces fruit. And it's bad fruit. Jesus talked about this. A good, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. It was true 2,000 years ago in Israel. It's true today in our world. So, before we even get into the biblical text and kind of unpacking this a little more, we have to define what love is. Because it's such a common word. You know, it's like, it's the best word in the English language, isn't it? It's this incredible word, this thing that we're all looking for, this thing that we want to give, we want, to, we want it to flow through us. We want to give love, we want to receive love, we want to be in love, we want to have love. Why do we only have one word for this in English? Why, why do we love God and also love tacos? Isn't that funny that we don't have like degrees of love or something? The Bible's definition of love is putting other people first. Thinking of others before yourself. Putting their wants and their needs above your own. Jesus gave us the golden rule. You know, do unto others. Matthew 7.12 says this. And this was when Jesus was summing up the Sermon on the Mount. You know, the most famous sermon that he gave toward the beginning of his ministry. He summed it all up by saying this. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So love is thinking of others first, putting their needs above your own, being, being selfless. And you see this kind of love being called upon all over the book of Galatians. You know, remember, we've been studying this for a couple months now. Remember the context. It's written to this church that's divided. It's written to this church that's confused. They're wondering, you know, is there really hierarchy of Christians? Is there an inner circle? And then is there sort of everyone else? And do we have to become circumcised to be a real follower of Jesus? In the midst of all that, their division, their confusion, Paul says, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another, even across your differences and your divisions and your different backgrounds and races and generations and everything. Love your neighbor as yourself. But how do we do that today? You know, how do we do that in the age of the self? We're living in the age of the self. Why does everything that Apple make, why is it called I, this, I, that, iPhone, iPad, iMovie, iTunes? 
Because they know it's all about us. It's all about me, baby. I want something. I want to hang out with my phone 10 hours a day. I, I, I. And think about commercials. Commercials are interesting. I mentioned this last week too. Commercials tell us about our culture. You can look at them and say, oh, this is how we sell things to people in this culture, in that culture. There's a, there was a commercial that's been running you know, over Christmas and you know, it was a commercial for a Buick car, you know? And it was all these people saying, like, I'm going to treat myself this Christmas. I deserve a new car. You know, none of this, like, well, I'm going to buy a car for my family. I'm going to help this. Though. No, I, I, me, me, me. I want a new car. I need that. I might not be able to afford it, but I need a new car. And they did that B-U-I-C-K. They put a little parenthesis around you. You deserve a Buick. You want this car. Imagine the, you know, the marketing meeting at that corporation. It's like the people come in, they're like, we've been doing a lot of research on North American culture. We found out people are really selfish. We think that, we think this will be a great commercial. It'll sell us a lot of cars. We're living in the age of the self. We, we, we buy things that we like, that we want. We even surround ourselves with people that we get along with and that we love. We find it easy to love them. You know, whether that's online or in person, we always want to just be around the people it's easy to love. That's why it's good to come to church, right? Be around a bunch of people that you might find it difficult to get along with. Be around people that maybe have a different political view than you or a different view on this issue or that issue. But, but God calls us to be a family, a family based on his love and his grace. It's a great experiment in learning how to love people. Biblical love, this self-giving love, cuts, cuts against our culture. And C.S. Lewis, you know, he wrote these things in the mid-60s and 60, 70 years later, they're so true. This is what he says. Listen to C.S. Lewis talking about love and this desire that we have to kind of make love safe, make it easy. There is no safe investment. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal. I like that part, because there's a lot of dog lovers around here, you know? And they do, they break our hearts when they die. We love them so much, they're part of our family. Wrap your heart carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative to tragedy, or at least to the risk of tragedy, is damnation. The only place outside heaven where you can be perfectly safe from all the dangers of love is hell. Hell. 
Love is selfless. Love puts others before ourselves. Love gives and gives and gives from a pure motive. That's agape love that the Bible talks about. It just keeps giving. But, but Pastor Pete, that sounds really exhausting. That sounds really tiring. My, my life is full and busy, and I'm exhausted just trying to do the normal things. How am I supposed to love my enemies, love the people that I don't get along with, give to people who don't appreciate it? Many of us, myself included, think that love is giving, giving, giving until we're totally exhausted. And we, you know, we love, we love, air quotes, because we like getting attention from other people. Or we, we love because we want something back from the person. Or we even demand it back from them. And we're mad when we don't get it. We, we love because there's something in it for us. And that's not love. That's just selfishness. That's just, that's just tit for tat. That's, that's selfish. Or worse, that's actually being like a martyr or a manipulator. And if you're not, if you're not connected to the source of love then love can easily turn into that. Your love, your love suddenly becomes angry and and bitter. Or your love turns into this drudgery. I have to do. I have to show up. I have to keep giving. And I got to do all these things. Because it runs out. Your love runs out. If it's dependent on you, your love runs out. But do you know what never runs out? The everlasting spring of water that comes from God that just keeps flowing. Jesus said that whoever believes in me has rivers of living water flowing from within them. And that, that living water is, is love. And it's coming from the source, the creator of all love, Our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, involved in this dance of love since the beginning of the universe. That's the source that's that's at the heart of everything. And it flows out into the people that, that love Jesus and believe in him. He says that. John 7, 38. Springs of living water. It's not a well. It's not a dam. It's a spring that has a source. Springs keep flowing. God's love. When we try to love people in our own strength, it goes bad pretty quickly. But if we look to Jesus and look to the source, the love keeps flowing. I guess what what I've been trying to say for the last 20 minutes is that love is a person. That love is Jesus. That Jesus embodied love 
through, you know, through his life and most certainly in his death. But look, look at his life. Look at all the things that, that he did. Look at the way that he healed people and, and the way that he reached out to, to broken people, to people that have been ostracized, to people that have been kicked out of the synagogue, to people that uh, you know, were from other places, to people that were strangers, to people that had nobody else, to lepers. He loved all those people. And even the things that you read and you think, well, that's not very loving. If Jesus would have showed up two days earlier, he could have saved that person. Jesus defines love. It's not even up to me to interpret because every single thing he does was loving and was perfectly according to God's plan. There were times where people got frustrated with Jesus. Where are you, Jesus? All the crowds are looking for you. Come on, man. We're, we we're going to win this presidency. We're on our way. People are loving you. Jesus said, no. In order for me to, to keep on loving, I've got to spend time with my Father. I've got to go to the source so the love can keep flowing through. And that's what Jesus did. That's why he was in lonely places. That's why he was off by himself. That's why he didn't live for other people's expectations. But he lived a life of love. And he was able to say, he was able to say the golden rule. I'm going to do unto others what I would want done to me. And think about, think about the golden rule as it relates to the cross and as it relates to the gospel. Because Jesus has this incredible relationship with his Father. He has an intimate, loving relationship with his Father. He has that, and he wants us to have it. He wants us to have it. Because he would want done to us what's been done to him. So he wants us to experience love and joy and peace and patience and all these other things that come with having a deep, intimate relationship with God with being connected to the vine that produces the fruit of the Spirit. He wanted us to to even have glimpses of that here and now. Yes, we will know it completely. We will not be able to sin in heaven. Everything we do will be love. But now we even get a glimpse of it. We can experience it. Little glimpses here and there throughout our week. I can look back and I can say, That was God's love shown upon me. That was God's kindness given to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. So don't don't just let those words get stale. Don't let that be a verse that you memorized 50 years ago. For God so loved the world. Agape love, self-giving, self-sacrificing love. Chew on them. Chew on them this week. Think about them. For God so loved David. For God so loved Mary. For God so loved John. For God so loved me and you that he gave his only son. I don't know, guys. I, I wrote a poem, and I've never done this before, 
But there is like such a thing as, you know, three points and a three points and a poem. I don't know. Maybe this is inspiration. Maybe it's let's, you know, let's say amen. Let's say that was the sermon. That was from God. That was the Holy Spirit. This, I don't know. Shakespeare, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, listen, listen. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is good. Love is kindness. Love is leaving the last bit of ice cream. Love is forgiveness. Love is grace. Love is vulnerable. Love is the possibility of a broken heart. Love is a many-splendored thing. Love is sacrifice. Love is not what they call love. Love is a mindset. Love is a person. Love is bold. Love is intentional. Every pop song lies about love. Love is amazing, but everything isn't love. Love is the foster parent, the older brother, the prayerful grandfather, the mother who keeps her baby. Love is giving up yourself. The greatest commandment is love. Love is received from the great source of love. Love is tough. Love is tough. Love is given, not earned or deserved. Love gets me out of the way. Love is a man laying down his life for us. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Amen. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for creating us, for teaching us what love is. Help us not to chase after these other lesser loves but to rest in you, to be connected to the vine, and to let this fruit grow in our lives. Holy Spirit, show us what it means to cooperate with you today. Tomorrow we'll have enough trouble of its own. Teach us, show us, move in us, in love today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.